Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. All right, guys, welcome back to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Um, brought to you by Onyx hunt map um they they've been gracious enough to make this show happen and uh greatly appreciate it. if you have not go download that app try their seven day trial put it to the test it's i'm actually using it today steelhead fishing of all places on put-ins and uh, river miles so multi-uses um anyways let's dive into it so just to set the scene we're sitting on a no-name river on the banks here it's supposed to be 70 degrees and sunny probably the warmest nicest day of the year um, what is it? March 22nd. 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 Yeah. March 22nd. Uh, to my left here, I've got Matthew Elliott or Matt Elliott, Mattio, however you want to go from uh, WorkSharp. He's the director of marketing. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Matt and I have known each other for about close to 10 years mm -hmm. now. Yep. Grew and is one of my best friends now. And on the right, we got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Noah Montgomery, and Chase Cribbins across. Chase, this is your first time on the podcast, isn't it? I think second. second. We did one other one okay. with Trent one time. Mm -hmm. So uh, Noah and Chase run the content side of the company of Born and Raised, doing an awesome job. Um, if you guys like their videos and what they're doing on the editing, hit the comments section here in the podcast, leave a review. Um, they're also helping here on the production of the podcast. So it's been a great, they've been a great asset, and they're really a part of the family as much as the team. So stoked to have you guys here. Um, we were kind of running through a couple different spitballs of what we we're going to talk about today, and I threw this out. And this is this actually I picked up from Jeff Bloomquist when I went on Kodiak, Alaska trip. And we were sitting there talking, and he's got two daughters. They're like a year older than my my kids. And you know, we were talking about sitting down eating the dinner at the dinner table. It's kind of one of those, definitely more of established routine now, and I really enjoy it. But we talk about we go around the table and say, what are we grateful for? What are we thankful for? Um, my son Cohen, he always includes hunting, which is pretty cool. That's that's one. But I just thought in the chaos of the world that's going on today, this is a you know it's a slow steelhead fishing day. But to me, I you know I, I'm just super grateful to have the friendship that I've got, <clears throat> and sitting here, kind of soaking it all in instead of being in a rush to get back on the water and got to catch a steelhead. I think so many times people are looking only for that end result that one picture that they could share with buddies versus like the moments that they're actually present with and be a part of that moment and grateful for it so for for one i'm just grateful for your guys's attendance today um make taking the time out of busy schedules and making it happen it was it was um i, I just recently had a trip last week with a good friend of mine john rains and dave darrow and they invited me to go steelhead fishing and i had a lot going on and i'm I hemmed and hawed and I wanted to go, but then I knew I kind of felt guilty if I was going because I wasn't filming. And at the end of the day, it was one of the best days I've had on the river in a lot of years. And um, we didn't take a camera. We just enjoyed it. It was for us at the moment. And, you know, being in the content world, it's definitely um, that break was one kind of reinvigorated of why we're out here doing. We feel blessed to be able to do it because of people 
watching the videos or listening to the podcast and it, it it's pretty humbling really like being able to live in this dream quote dream world you know and make a living at it and uh, have families that we support because everyone it's 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 really humbling and i'm just super grateful for it mm-hmm. so dig into just some background for the listeners that gratitude exercise that you go through is it's a method or vehicle used in positive psychology there's a humans are inclined to what's known as negativity bias Mm -hmm. that's you'll hear it talked about it's like that whole idea like well we're originally we were sort of naked and afraid in the world and had to watch out around every corner or you'd be killed eaten by saber-toothed tiger is what you hear a lot about so like our brains are hardwired to yeah. mostly filter in negativity so it's really easy to get negativity in they say it takes six to ten positive things to offset one negative experience so that that thing that you're doing that gratitude piece when i was in school in my postgraduate program that was an idea that came up in the leadership course we took. And in that, which I'm very grateful for that leadership course and some of these things that it really started to fuel in my life. And I hadn't ever been really tuned into that kind of work before. And I thought going into this leadership course, it was going to be all about, you know, like how do you show up every day? Like you're the you know, king of the hill and guide people and lead people to specific objectives. And we spent a lot more time in community with each other, just talking about, our day and getting to know each other you just have so much time to do the work and there's not a lot of time taken to develop bonds and that's what that course taught me and one of those things that we learned in that was that gratitude exercise i started doing that with lacy my wife lacy and it really it radically in a short period of time changed my general sense of being because we were spending just even a little bit of time invested in identifying things that we were grateful for and positivity to offset like you said cody all there's plenty of negativity in the world right now that we can gravitate and anchor to and there's also lots of positivity it just takes more work to focus on what we're grateful for no doubt yeah yeah if anyone's good at gratitude it's the consummate steelhead fisherman <laughs> yeah, yeah. hanging on to that one memory that one time you got to hold one you just have to be you know happy back the in the river. day i would have just tore this thing apart we would have had six by now no i'm joking but you know honestly like it for me for steelhead fishing for the longest time it was like how's that other boat doing oh we got one more than them you know like it was such a competition and you know I'll be 40 this year and I'm it's like that period of reflection of where I'm at and what's going on that now I'm like we'll get a fish if it's so be it and I, I think we're doing everything right but man to come up here on a uncharted area that I've never floated before not another boat yeah. high in the system middle of March and 70 degrees and blue sky cooking carne asada and street tacos on the riverside like not bad not bad at all not bad i think like going into it that perspective too none of us have floated this we've got a little bit of intel from from a friend but just not being afraid to to go and do it especially like floating you know going and trying anywhere new is already kind of a, a barrier of entry i think for a lot of people myself included and then you put floating into that aspect too it's just another thing you know that can especially like this may not be a very well-known float you know so there's not going to be a lot of online information about it or anything but just going into it with an open mindset and then just 
it's just also fun to just we're all wondering where should I pitch? I, I don't know. I've never been here before either. Let's you know, get I just get to right, all figure it out together. Yeah, and it, uh, it's just pretty cool to come somewhere completely new and just with a completely open mindset. And this has been day. in the back of your head, right? You mentioned to me you've been wanting to do. Oh, this I've drove by it. this no less than a hundred times. I'm like, man, those little gravel flats, like they look so good. Like I want to float it, and luckily my my buddy kind of gave me the intel on to. Where to put in, take out. There's a couple bad spots above and below, and we're here. We're doing it. I mean, I think for steelhead fishermen, this is like the epitome of the nicest day on the water that you could have. It's and still pretty have nice. steelhead water. Yep. It's not raining. Yeah. I'm not huddled around the heater. It's, yeah, it's no heater nice. in the rubber boats. Yeah. It's 70 degrees, but the water's still green, still perfect visibility. It's just like match made in heaven. It's true, and I think of the brand that is steelhead fishing chase i think of misery yeah which i really appreciate that too it's like it really forces you to focus on what's positive you're knocking ice out of your guides you're wearing a down jacket and a raincoat and you can hardly feel anything because you got so many clothes on your arms feel heavy this is just a whole different experience altogether grateful for nice weather yes (laughs) it's a lot different it's like steelhead that was my whole childhood with my grandpa and yeah it was always raining on the oak and you're huddled by the the heater yeah the whole time <laughs> chase chase started with us in october he's been that onion you know just new layers coming on and, and learning more <laughs> about him um i i've really grown to, grown to appreciate his company but chase what are you like where are you at in life and what's what are you something that like sticks out being grateful for uh i mean the easy one today it's like this i mean you kind of covered the things i think we're all kind of grateful for that it's full bellies great weather and just doing an awesome float. So, I mean, that's the easy one. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm just really grateful to, to be here. I mean, like you said, I just started. So it's a pretty big life change for me. And just to be able to call this work and, and be out here with you guys, spend time, it's it's a, it's a blessing. It's yeah. pretty nice. No, I, I would have just – the risks you took to apply and, like, going out on that limb – for us, it was like a no-brainer once we got to meet you, and man, it's been great, honestly. And Chase is tasked with an interesting job. I mean, he's constantly corralling a bunch of people who who hunt every day as as a non-hunter. You know, not someone who's against hunting or anything, but it it would be a different world. And that was kind of the thing we talked about. But it's what we've come to appreciate the most. You know, as we all that's the number one thing we're doing each and every day we don't have in common with chase but yeah. we never get tired of hanging out with them we enjoy hanging out with them and it's just always it's fun and, and refreshing i think huge addition yeah so why was it a big risk for you to apply for the job chase um just another i mean i had my own company going were you as a video production company uh i was in i guess construction side i was building cabins and like sheds and tiny homes and so i had that established going and to give that up which was necessary because i wasn't it was just me so it wasn't like i had a staff to to carry it on while i was out with you guys so i just gave that up well what would drive you to do that you know such a especially as a non-hunter it's such a different totally different life journey yeah i think though it's like opportunities like this like they and that was kind of what i thought would happen what what i was hoping for so thankful for what it 
turned out to be. But um, I have worked really hard my whole life. And then when I'm not working, I'm outside, backpacking outside. So it's like, if I could find a way, in theory, that was my whole, uh, my undergrad. That was trying to get into a position where I could be paid to be outside. Mm -hmm. And it's slowly, now it's become a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I think the, the cool thing, the story is Dylan and Alyssa, they're his friends in Coos Bay, right? They're Coos yep. Bay. Um, had been like, hey, there's this job you need to apply for. And I don't, you didn't really know of us or what we were doing I at had all no prior clue. to that. Yeah. No clue. <laughs> And so, friends told me, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, you need to apply for this. And so he's kind of like, all right, I will, but I, you know, like, yeah. Kind of just threw it in there, you know, right? You need to- the initial result was, uh, initial thought process was, yeah, I don't, I'm not a hunter, so I don't have a shot, basically. That was the initial. Little did thought. he know that's like our target of what we were looking oh, for. That's the. That's the golden goose, man. Yeah. If you can find a non-hunter, you're not to fight over time during September. You're just That's, there to film. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have never once asked to carry a weapon or a rod. No, but they just but, get gifted to me. But for these guys, they do have to. For the camera guys in the industry, that's that. Yes. At least the time I've spent helping guys put together different video efforts, it's hard to find camera guys and gals who are willing to come out and mostly guys willing to come out and spend their entire season just filming and yeah. so i know like for you know like just talking to cody like there's a, an amount of thought energy that cody and the guys expend figuring out like how do we also then give time to guys like yourself you know who are passionate about hunting so that you're not unable to follow your yeah. passion well it's like for me you the way i think about it and think about other people trying to do the same thing in the industry is you have to love you have to love both sides of it equally it can never if when you're filming it can never feel like wish i was you know in front of the camera right now or you have to be truly passionate about both and you can't force that that's something that naturally occurs and for me i i love being behind the camera just as much hunting and just it's a whole it's kind of the same really and it's just another aspect of it but you still have to just capture those moments in a different way and it all it kind of requires you to be more present and i what i've noticed is filming is you actually you retain a little bit more uh memories of of the moments even just because your your whole intent in that moment is to capture that story and that exact thing that's going on and it just kind of forces you to pay attention you're a step back as opposed to in the throes of it yeah and i don't have that Tunnel, yeah you know you're getting that whole picture and i'm obviously passionate about hunting and fishing but it, for me it's just being there like i i truly do not care you know on whichever side of it i'm at it's just i just enjoy being part of the experience whether that's taking someone off camera or being the one to pull the trigger being the one to film it it's just all sides of it you know so it's just and i think most of us you know all of us are are that way in in this group and that's why it works you know we all don't mind filming you know filming can never be a a task or a chore or else you're never going to put out your best product it has to be something that you're passionate about as well i had more fun running the camera this year getting to film again yeah Yeah. exactly you know just whatever reignites that that passion and then rotations happen i know you know 
if I need meat, it'll it'll happen. So it's not a yeah. it's not it's a something I'm worried about group. in the slightest. You know, mm-hmm. selfless so, group. You said yeah. yeah, yeah. I think anyone would do and anything. for You know, honestly, else. like I guess my perspective up until 2017, we'd never really archery hunted outside of our group. Like from 2006 on, I'd only hunted with Trent, Trevor, and Ty. And you guys filmed each other, the right? Whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And didn't have anybody come film until like 2013. I think was the first time we ever had a camera guy come film. But um, I just assumed everyone was like that. And then being in in a mix over the last few years with other people and stuff, and coming to the realization like what we have is pretty special. I mean, super grateful for the relationships and the brothers brotherhood that we've built, and like. I've kind of always said this is a bond built on the mountain is going to be one of the strongest, like it's a make or break for a lot of people. And it's like, if you got that, give it your all into that relationship and don't, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll be rewarded back if, if that person's in the same mindset, you know, it's, it's pretty special. No, it's so excited. In fact, I remember if you watch this, the first week of this most recent elk season of Born and Raised, so I got the distinct joy and pleasure. i very grateful for the time we got to spend that week together. But the very first setup, if you watch that, I think it's probably the first episode. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, we come down off of this cut, get through the unit, figure some bulls are bedded down in the trees. Noah and I are up where we thought they'd hook around the corner of this top skid road. And down below was Trent and... Troy and Trevor was calling we get up there like Trevor starts calling and all of a sudden Noah's like I don't feel so good man and I'm like I kind of turn around like what do you mean you don't feel good? he's like I think I'm gonna puke and you know it's like this guy like have COVID or something like he's standing here right behind me what's going on and, and I think we kind of figured out later you just were like so excited to be there know. it's like I overwhelmed just, I don't even know what happened to this day honestly but it's just yeah <laughs> it's just like those opening day jitters I get them every yeah. it's like that pre-competition just I just had to get out of my system and you got it behind the camera lens oh, yeah. just like but even then you know it's just like man just <laughs> just stay calm but it's just I think the only like the only thing I'm ever afraid of filming is not uh, like lacking on my job due to not wanting to <laughs> to to be there or to do it. It's being too excited, <laughs> you know. It's like when when someone actually releases an arrow or whatever it is. It's just like yeah, but that's part of the whole experience. And just as long as you capture that too, that's oh, well, you got yeah. all of me releasing that arrow <laughs> <laughs> the whole way by. <laughs> and you have to have a like a close relationship with who you're filming you know and i think that's that's important too and just cameraman shooter relationships cameraman caller all of it you know because aside from all the time we spend in the truck together it's just those moments you know when when someone misses a bull it's like it's tough it's tough for everyone around it's it's insanely tough for the person there and the people you surround yourself with in that moment are is what's going to be the difference maker for how you react to that situation. I, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, that was a, that was a, a cool experience that you're like, okay, what, what are, what can we learn out of this? Yeah. You know, and that's just, the good and the bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. you get to go through. You build bonds through 
strife as much or more so i'd say way more so than success it's struggle, easy to get along strength, when things are good for sure yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah and i think in that situation if you know if you're not maybe the person who that unfortunate situation happened to it's your job to ask yourself how can i be there for this person mm-hmm. the way they need me to not versus how i want to or how it naturally comes to me and yeah. that's kind of your only job in that moment you know Matt, is there anything that sticks out in your head right now that the listeners need to hear from you that's like, man, my life, I'm so grateful for X, Y, and Z, or not <laughs> yeah, to put man, you on the spot. I'm so grateful for fatherhood. Fatherhood, I yeah, love that. Yeah, man. I, uh, my wife, Lacey, and I have been trying to conceive for five and a half years, and we were, we've just been absolutely blessed by... The, she's pregnant. She's 19 weeks pregnant with a boy. And as we sit on the river today, we, originally we kicked around some ideas of podcast topics. And one for me that came to mind was like, you know, how to get kids into fishing or like how we got our start. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that what I'm grateful for is my father. Uh-huh. And even though he was not a fisherman, he would, and we're talking about new water. He would always take me we, everywhere he went on vacation. He, he'd take me to the hardware store we talked to the guy at the Ace Hardware or wherever about yeah. like, what, or the Do It Best, mm-hmm. you know, go to the fishing mm-hmm. department and, you know, what's going on right now? Buzz casting buzz bombs into the surf on Whidbey Island, for, like for instance, for uh, for humpies, you know, like just whatever. And he'd buy me fishing equipment and he'd take me fishing, even though he had no idea what he was doing, and tie it up and cut me loose on the river. And that's how I got my really? in- introduction to the outdoors. Okay. Yeah, from a total non-outdoorsman who just saw I had a love for it and was totally willing to uh, just nurture that inspiration in me. And I hope I can be that kind of father to my son someday. Yeah. No, yeah. I think you're, I think you're getting, you guys are going to make some awesome parents. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. No, anything sticking out to you? That's just like, yeah, I mean, two parts like as far as what you're thankful for i think the first part is uh having the availability and opportunity to do what we all love and i think every one of us sitting here is is kind of in that boat and then i guess three parts to it second part is even knowing what that is i think one of the things i like to ask people when i talk to them in a little bit like second phase conversation you know is what do you love to do and there's a lot of people who don't necessarily even know what that is they have a lot of things they like but you ask them hey if you could pick one job what would it be a lot of people don't even have that answer and so i definitely usually feel pretty blessed to even know what that is and then second step i'm able to act on that with like-minded individuals then like the third facet of it would just be the backing which we all have is is the family side of it yeah uh, people who support us in doing that and um and matt's going to be a father soon cody and i are and it's just to to be able to have kids and a uh, loving support system at home and still be able to do these types of things without that being present of mind while you're out doing it and, and at work is is very important so that would be to me like the third facet of uh, my appreciation for loving what i do being able to even do that right you know and still yeah. be able to it's, have family and it's really a lot to ask I, andrew and i went through yeah i do a horrible job of communicating and really really working hard i identified that in 22 is like the 
my one thing is like communication and um we went through the calendar just like added up the nights for the year of what i'm projected to be gone and man it's like dang near a third of the year you know you start looking at that with kids that are my son's four my daughter's six um i actually got to attend the first father-daughter dance this last weekend and i've always been gone when they're normally on valentine's to trade shows well they had one for saint patty's day and i got to take her to her school father-daughter dance and it was awesome you know even though i got ditched pretty early to get it for <laughs> yeah. all her friends but you know i bought her a dozen roses and she was just thrilled you know just getting to spend that time and i mean it goes by so quick those little moments you know that in reality i think are huge moments for especially someone so impressionable that's what i've noticed is like those kids are watching seeing noticing everything like to be able to inspire them and get a spark going for you know whatever it is it's pretty pretty big blessing in life yeah i my wife and i weren't going to have kids and i don't know where i'd be in life if i didn't because what they've taught me and so many different facets of of being a father is a better husband i mean really it's pretty cool chase you got any closing thoughts on this um uh, you guys kind of went all deep on me. Now I feel like I need to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on something there. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. No, that was that was all just really good. That was all that was awesome. I appreciate listening to all that. Nice. No, how about you? Any closing thoughts on? No, just happy to be here. Really, I mean, it's not a terrible day at work pretty awesome and bum trent couldn't make it he was yeah he got tied up couldn't make it it would have been a some more laughs for sure he yeah carries that torch pretty good he owes me a fishing trip this week right i think we're gonna go i don't know make something He's, happen i heard, might take the pontoon boats striper <laughs> so i heard talks of striper He's, striper are starting to do stuff too he, he was he was definely chatting about that so yeah he's got to get his use out of that duck boat yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i know he's just like as soon as, as soon as well after this turkey camp that we're going to california that it's going to end up in myrtle point so. yeah i guess just to close out kind of how we started just it's nice to take a break out of all of our pretty busy schedules and even though we are on our three side of it we are a content company we still get kind of bogged down on all the back end of things sometimes and then forget to even realize i mean even just think about video ideas what do people want to see and a lot of that sometimes is just us having fun with whatever we're doing so right. it's like hey for these next couple months let's just make sure to have fun whatever we're filming and i think that that will that'll pay off and it'll pay in the end so that's what we're trying to do here now just, you want to close this thing out oh, by the way too if you guys are just listening to this on the born raised audio experience matt and um levi morgan and andy Andy Morgan, and, not and, brothers, yeah, no not brothers, um, have a podcast called On the Line together, um, where they kind of they deep dive into a bunch of tactical archery equipment stuff, shooting, bass fishing, bass fishing, everything. Andy and Levi are two of the world's, I think, unarguably they wouldn't give themselves this title, but probably two of the world's best white-tailed deer hunters too. Uh-huh. They're just they're masterminds when it comes to the strategy of outdoor pursuits. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Most people know who Levi Morgan is, but if you don't, Levi Morgan is 13, I think, time, maybe 14-time world champion, 
3D Archer is widely considered the greatest 3D target archer ever to live. Yeah. And, and just knows everything you could possibly want to know about shooting techniques and technical archery equipment. And he's still learning too, but you know, like he's, that's why it's fun because you always have learning even when you're at his level. Yeah. And Andy Morgan is a, they call him the goat bass fishing wise. He's a top tier major league fishing bass fisherman. That is a, yeah, the greatest of all time has the most top 10 finishes of any FLW angler ever before it now is no longer a thing. And, and now it's major league fishing and some of the guys from bass came over and they created a, a new top tier circuit. So yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of fun to get to spend together on that podcast. One thing I'd like to leave people with is like, you're uh, I, I, I could butcher this quote, but you're uh, a factor of the six people closest to you, you know? And so those friendships, those bonds, these moments like this kind of build who you are as a character a lot of times. So, you know, if, if you're in, an, in a space where you're down and you're struggling, look what's around you. And maybe there's people that are pulling you down and holding you back um, where, you know, it's, I've had a couple learning experiences of cutting ties with friends that, you know, that I thought were friends and they really weren't. And, you know, um, just go for the growth in 22 and just reach for whatever, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So, I mean, that, at the end of the day, uh, believe in yourself and what you want to go do and go crush it. Momentum is a huge deal. Yep. Yep. Compound interest isn't just a finance thing. It's also the interests of yourself and the people around you. Love it. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you could, just leave a review um, down down there. Uh, rate the show and mean the world to us. Kind of get us up and going. We're, we're back and fired up on the podcast, bringing to you every Monday. Um, so if there's a topic that you want us to cover, tell us. Uh, you can send an email to info at bornraisedoutdoors.com. And uh, we're, we're there listening, watching, hearing. So appreciate it.